All right. Well, good morning. Welcome to Trace. My name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here and so thankful that you guys have joined us um, really in this new year, right? We can still say Happy New Year starting 2017. And before we get uh, any further, I do want to take a moment and I want to celebrate something with you. You see, uh, leading up to Christmas, we encourage the people that call Trace home to participate in what we were calling a special Christmas offering. And all the money that was raised in that special Christmas offering was going to go to Trace Kids because one of our main focuses here at Trace is the next generation. And so we uh, wanted to just update and get the, the Trace Kids ministry some new things for the kids to enjoy. And so we put out a challenge. We said, hey, our hope is that we'll raise $5,000. And so I am happy to tell you that we did raise $4,923 just for Trace Kids. So you can applaud yourself. Thank you for participating in that. And there was another win uh, that I want to share with you, and there's tons of wins, really. I mean, I could sit up here the whole time and just share with you uh, different things that God is doing uh, in this church and things that we celebrate. But a lady came in this morning, and she said, hey, I just want to let you know, my son was in visiting from Mississippi over the holiday season, and he came with us uh, to come to Trace. And uh, he's not someone that goes to church on a regular basis. Uh, And so he came to our Christmas Eve service, and then he stuck, uh, stuck around and came to our New Year's Day service last week. And she came to me and she goes, I just want to tell you guys that this church has now prompted him that when he goes back to Mississippi that he's going to get involved in church on a regular basis because of his experience here. So I want to say thank you to you guys for that too. That's awesome because that's all of us uh, making an impact in other people's lives. Sometimes people that are just going to be with us for uh, a day or two and the impact that we can make on them far outlives uh, anything that we do even in this room on Sunday morning. So, So here we go. Here you are. 2017, you're in church, and we're starting this new series called Faith and Fitness. And you may be asking yourself, like, why are we doing this? And it's because of this. We don't want to be a girly church. We No, that was my worst Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, impersonation there. No, sorry. So before I got into ministry, and for those of you that don't know me, first time here, still trying to figure out what this place is all about, I never planned to be here. I never planned to get into full-time ministry. I had a career uh, that was going really, really well. My, my bachelor's degree uh, is in exercise science, and from a young age, I started a health club with a couple friends. And so my occupation was a fitness professional, helping people uh, come uh, and put together more healthier habits in their life, helping them understand exercise routines and things like that. And it's something that I'm still really, really passionate about. But about 10 years ago, God called me into full-time ministry, and so I've been doing this for about 10 years now. I have a master's degree in ministry, Uh, but again, health and wellness is something I'm very passionate about to this day, and so what I wanted to do is for the next four weeks, uh, I wanted to take a health and wellness component, something that hopefully all of you guys uh, will appreciate once you start to learn them, and I wanted to compare it with a spiritual reality in my hopes that you would hold on to the spiritual reality because when you think of the health and wellness component, it reminds you of this. And so that's what our hope uh, for the next four weeks will be. So here we go. Going into a new year, many of you have probably got some New Year's resolutions, right? I mean, many of you may already be thinking, yeah, I want to get healthier. I want to I want to start some new habits. And January used to be a really important time for us in the health and wellness field because of New Year's resolutions, right? I mean, people, our business would almost triple 
by people coming in, wanting to get going once again. It's like, hey, it's January. I want to start some new things. I want to start some new habits. And so my job was to help educate them as much as possible on what it was that was going to help them to get into shape. But just because they had the desire to want to get healthy, just because they had the desire to want to get into shape, it didn't necessarily mean that they had the discipline and that they were looking at from the long-term sacrifices that would need to be made to put new, healthier habits in place. And most people came in looking for the quick fix. I mean, I remember hundreds Hundreds of conversations and consultations with people who came in. It's like, yeah, I want to lose like 50 pounds next week. And it was my job to help bring them to reality. And I heard my fair share of doozies over the years when it came to the different diets that some people would try in hopes for that quick fix, that magic pill, pill, that magic diet. One of them is something that many of you have heard of, which is the no-carb diet. And I could, I could pick that diet apart, and let me take a time out really quick. That's not really going to be the point of the series. I'm not going to give you tons of, like, health and wellness tips. Um, but on January 29th, on Sunday, January 29th, we're pulling together some health professionals, and we're going to do a health seminar for you outside of the service for those of you that are looking to make some changes. We actually want to partner with you to do that. But that really won't be what's going to be happening on Sunday morning. So you got the Atkins diet or the no-carb diet. And again, can I just remind you that Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? I mean, so if anytime Jesus says something like that, like you can be okay knowing that bread's not going to kill you. You'll be fine eating in moderation. (laughs) I kid you not, a diet that was going through the celebrity world for a, a while was the baby food diet. And all you would eat are those little containers of baby food. Yeah. And so I could call that a lot of things, but can we just call it stupid? I mean, that's, I don't know how I see, yeah, clap for that. Um, and then the last one, and there's a bunch out there. I mean, people come in, it's like, I'm going to go on the all garlic diet. Now, garlic really is very, very good for you. It really is good for your immune system. Um, but if it's the only thing you eat, yes, you'll probably lose some weight, but you'll probably lose some friends too, right? I mean, we get that. So again, it was my job to help bring people back to reality. It's not about a quick fix. It's long, sustained discipline and hard work at times to to develop the habits and the healthy lifestyle that most of us want to have. And I knew that a lot of these people that come in on January, I may not see them again in February. I may not see them again in March. And my hope is that's not the case for anybody in this church. And so I knew it's like, okay, if I could get one thing through to them, that would help them from a longevity standpoint. I know it's not going to be like this special workout. It's going to be taking care of one specific system in their body, and it's the digestive system. You'll see a picture pulled up here. Now, the reason why this is so important is because this is the system that deals with bacteria in our lives, good bacteria and bad bacteria. And when we eat a lot of unhealthy processed foods, what happens is the lower part of the intestines, what they call the lower GI GI tract, the gastrointestinal system, the lower part of the intestines gets gummed up with things 
that were really never supposed to go through the digestive system, things that really God didn't create. Man has processed different types of foods. And so our digestive system doesn't know what to do with that. So literally your lower GI tract gets gummed up. And when it gets gummed up, your body can no longer absorb vitamins and minerals because that's where the vitamins and minerals from the food that you eat gets absorbed. And so when that gets blocked up, you're no longer absorbing the things that you need in life and you get backed up. And you may be thinking to yourself, are we really getting ready to talk about constipation in church? Yes, isn't it awesome? I mean, come on. When was the last time you went to a church service where we talked about constipation? I'm not going to focus on that too much. So what are we supposed to do with this? Well, I knew that one of the best things I could do is help them to understand the foods that they needed to eat to make sure the digestive system stayed healthy. Because if you mess up the digestive system and it backs up, and that's the system that deals with bacteria, then now you're starting to deal with your immune system because that bacteria didn't get out the way that it was supposed to, and it starts shutting down your fat metabolism. It starts shutting down, like I already said, the ability to absorb vitamins and minerals, and then your immune system gets messed up. And a lot of physicians would tell you many of the chronic illnesses that we deal with today started in the digestive system because people weren't dealing with the bacteria in their bodies the way that they were supposed to. So what's the plan? What are we supposed to do? Well, we got to get that stuff out. And so what I would recommend to people, again, I know, man, I may have four weeks with them. I would encourage them to eat certain types of foods that would take care of the digestive system. And I would talk to them about the importance of doing a cleanse about twice a year. And why do we do a cleanse? We do a cleanse so that we can literally get that stuff out. And once it gets out, your body can now absorb the things that are essential to you to your overall health and so we've got to take care of the digestive system now stay with me because we're going to make a spiritual parallel to this here in a few moments what if I told you that right now you were walking around with something that was blocking your ability to absorb the things that God wants for your life you might not see it It may be going on underneath the surface, but it's affecting a lot of other aspects of your life right now, specifically relationships. And the longer that you walk around with it, the more long-term damage that it will do. What if I also told you that one of the devil's biggest hopes is that you would hold on to these things yourself, living in isolation, because he knows that if you hold on to them, don't let anybody else know, it's going to do greater damage. What if I also told you that one of the best things that you could do as you start this new year, not knowing if I'm going to get very many weeks to encourage you to do this, my hopes is that you'll continue to come back to Trace Church, but maybe I just have a few weeks with you. And so what if I told you one of the best things that you could do in this new year is to go through a spiritual cleanse? And forgive me, but literally get some of the crap in our life, out. And by doing so, you'll be able to absorb the things that God wants for your life once again. So what does this blockage look like? How do we define, how do we recognize this blockage in our spiritual lives? Oftentimes it comes in these three forms. It's either a sin, a secret, or a struggle. Now, we all have these, don't we, right? Most of us are like the rest of us, and we all have these. Maybe your mind is focusing on one more than another, but what makes 
or the distinction I should make here that makes these so bad is when they stay hidden, meaning it's an unconfessed sin. It's a hidden secret or it's a private struggle. And when you live in isolation with these things, it builds up this unhealthy bacteria in your life and it affects all other aspects of your life. And when you live in isolation in these things, the enemy, the devil, he has a field day with them. Making your mind be consumed with things like guilt and shame and a lack of hope. But that's not what God wants for our life. Our God's all about new beginnings. So what do we do with them? What do we do with these private struggles and unconfessed sins and hidden secrets in our life? We've got to get them out. We have to get them out so that we can absorb once again the goodness that God has for our life. Maybe a way to talk about it this morning is this. It's time to get this stuff out on the table. You know what the Bible calls this? The Bible calls this confession. And it sounds like a big spiritual word. Maybe for some of us, it scares us like, whoa, this is my first time back to church for a long time. You're already talking about confession like crazy. But friends, my hope for you is that you can absorb once again the goodness that I know that our Father has for you. And we have to begin by getting it out on the table. Do you know that confession really is nothing more than telling the truth? That's all it is. Confessing is actually just telling the truth. And Jesus tells us in John 8, 32, that if we will just live in truth, if we will absorb truth and make it a part of our life, that it will set us free. Do you know that healing is on the other end of your unconfessed sin, your hidden secret, your private struggle? And I know, guys, this is not easy, is it? I mean, to talk about these things, and some of you have got a lump in your throat right now and maybe on the edge of tears because you're scared to death of what it would actually mean if you were to get it out on the table. I don't know what yours is. Maybe yours is a secret. Maybe you have doubts about your faith, and you don't want anybody to know because you grew up in a Christian family, you've been a Christian most of your life, and it's like, I have doubts I want to remind you that this is a safe place. Maybe your secret is that something bad happened to you, like John, when you were little. Something, somebody did something to you that never should have happened. And you never, you've never told anybody. And you've been living with it, and it's caused aches and pains to the depths of your soul and you're scared to death right now to let it out. I get it. Maybe you have a private struggle with an addiction. It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be Pokemon Go. Some of you guys really need to stop doing that. I mean, come on. Maybe it's pornography. 
many of you know that we're getting ready to start this partnership with this filmmaker in town. We've already started the partnership, Addicted to Porn, Chasing the Cardboard Butterfly. And we're going to be showing this at UCCS here in a few weeks, February 3rd, I believe it is. And friends, uh, if there's something that has been confessed to me more than anything else, it's definitely the struggle with pornography. And we're going to take this very, we are taking this very, very serious. And it's probably three or four weeks ago when we start, first started announcing this and talking about it. And after service, a, a grandmother came up to me and she said, hey, I, I need you to pray for my grandson. He's 12 years old and he's addicted to pornography. 12 years old. We're going to take this very, very serious. Friends, when we keep the truth hidden, whether it's our sin or our secrets or struggles, when we keep those things to ourselves, things start to grow inside of us. This blockage starts to happen and things like guilt and despair and a lack of hope and shame start to rule in your life and it's just eating you alive. But God wants you to live in freedom. Freedom. And he has given us a way to clean this crap out and to bring healing to the depths of our soul. When I was preparing for this message, I stopped about three quarters of the way through it because I already knew a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. And I just looked up and I said, God, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to know about confession? What is it that I'm not saying? And God brought me to two verses. And the first one's in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. And it says this, if we confess with our lips, confess, just telling the truth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When we just get it out that we are sinners, that we need Christ and the sacrifice that he made on the cross for our lives to fill that gap between us and God, when we confess it and just get it out, Lord, I need you in my life. I'm lost without you. That gap is filled with the mercy and grace of God. And through that confession and that belief in our heart, we are literally saved. Confession is a big deal. And then he pointed me to one more verse, and it's this one. James 5, 16. And before I read it, here's what I felt like God was saying. Aaron, remind them that this verse is for them. It's for them. It's not something that he wants to be legalistic about. It's like, hey, if you don't do this, you're not being a good Christian. Hey, if you don't do this, you're, you're failing. It's not about that. God wanted you to know this because of what's on the other end of it. God wants you to confess because of what's on the other end of it. In James 5, 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. When we get the crap out and on the table, there's a healing that begins to take place in your life. And yes, healing is a process. And God just reminded us that that process begins with confession. That process will ultimately set us free from things like guilt and shame and regret because God does not want that for you in your life. He doesn't want you carrying around these secret struggles and sins and pain. He doesn't want you to carry that around. And so what do I want for you in this new year? If I just get a couple weeks with you, I want you to clean out the junk in your life 
get it out on the table so that you can once again absorb God's love, his joy, his peace, God's patience, his goodness, his faithfulness, his kindness, his ability to give you self-control. That's how I want you to start out a new year. But it begins by getting it out on the table. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to take a small step together today. And I can't force you to do this. And just so you know, you're not going to be forced to do this. My hope is that you've, you've heard enough now to understand the importance of getting it out. We're going to go to a time of response. And my message is not done. It's kind of a two-part message. The guys are going to come up and lead us during a song during this response time. And then I'm going to come back up and wrap up the message afterwards. But in this time of response, we're going to do what we do here every week. And down here on the front are two tables on the sides. And on those tables are uh, some crackers that represent the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for you on the cross. And some juice that represents the blood of Christ that was spilled out for you for the forgiveness of your sins if you'll confess it. And so for those of you that have put your faith in Christ, this is a time for us to respond and to remember what Christ has done for us. There's also a bucket down here for those of you that have uh, brought your offering and prepared to partner with us as we hope to grow in generosity here. Uh, you can bring your offering there. But when you walked in today, you were, held, you were given uh, an index card that you're maybe holding in your hand right now. My hope is that you'll get it out. Now, when we're given instruction in the scriptures, it tells us to confess it to one another. And I know that's a really, really, really big step. I get it, okay? But let's start somewhere. Let's just get it out. And maybe it begins by writing it down. And so at some point during this song, whether it's in your seat, feel free to use the stage, the side of the stage. I want you to write out a a hidden secret, a private struggle, or unconfessed sin that may be in your life. And I promise you, I'm not going to read them. You don't need to put your name on them unless you want to. Now, tomorrow as a staff, we get together every Monday morning and we pray for this church. And we'll pray over the things that you write down today as a staff tomorrow morning. And then we'll throw them away. We're going to get rid of them. But what I want you to do during this time is you'll see these little trash cans on either side. It's time to get rid of the trash that we're carrying around. Stuff that you're holding on to that's eating you alive, that's keeping keeping you from absorbing the goodness of God. Get it out. Put it in these buckets. And then I'm going to come back up here and I'm going to do one last thing. Again, don't be scared. I'm not going to read anybody's. We're going to do one last thing in hopes to begin that healing process together as a church. Let me pray. Father, I know this is tough. I know this is not one of those messages people come in and they just laugh a lot or feel inspired, but this is a, this is a moment for us to step into a new year in freedom. Father, it's my hope that we have a church full of free, forgiven, and fearless people that are ready to take risks for you. And so, God, I know even in my own personal sin and struggles and secrets that when I hold on to that stuff and I don't get it out, it eats me up inside. It keeps me from absorbing your goodness things that you want for each and every one of us. And so God, I know that there's going to be some courage 
that needs to be given in this place right now for specific people. God, would you allow an overwhelming sense of your presence and your courage to fill people in here to get it out? Father, I love you. I'm so grateful that you gave us this this opportunity, that you gave us this instruction so that we don't don't carry, carry this stuff with us everywhere we go. Love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond. Can I just say, I commend you for your courage. This is a step, and it's a first step for many of us, because some of you know that you actually need to talk to somebody about your unconfessed sin, your hidden secret or private struggle, but this is a step. And so here's what I want to do, and again, don't get nervous, I'm not going to read any, but I'm going to dump them out here. And I want to read this verse with you right now in Romans 8, 35. Says this Can anything, anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death or anything else on this table? Can anything separate us from the love of God? Verse 37. No, nothing. You don't have to live in fear. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. In verse 38, can we read this together? We can do it slow. Ready? Verse 38, is it up? Is it up there? One more. Am I missing something? Is there not another one? Well, that didn't work. All right. I'll read it then. It says, and I am convinced. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing. Look at me. Nothing. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Not anything that you have written down this morning. It's as if Jesus says, now that you've got it out on the table, I want you to remember be reminded that I'm not going to hold any of that against you because nothing will separate you from the love of God. Now, let's have a moment of reality because people in my position at times abuse this kind of conversation and they will say things to you like, and this stuff is never going to trouble you again. God has conquered it. You have conquered it. You've got it out. You've confessed. It's never going to surface itself again. You're never going to live in guilt and shame with a lack of hope, again. But we know that's not true, don't we? Because unfortunately, these ugly things have a way of surfacing themselves once again. And so here's what I want to do for us this morning as I close. 
I want to remind you of Romans 8, 28. The most beautiful promise in all of scripture. Because what God wants to do is not say, hey, I've cleaned the table and these things are completely gone forever. The beautiful promise of Romans 8, 28 is God picking these things back up. Putting them back up on the table. And then telling you this. I will use all things for good. Let me tell you Aaron's translation. I will use all your crap for my good. If you honor me and you trust me and my will for your life, I'll use all of it. Even the messy, ugly parts of your life, God doesn't just want the best parts of you. He wants all of you. And he can take whatever you wrote down and he can actually do something good with it. It's the most beautiful promise in all of scripture. So this year, I want us to live in that truth. No matter how messy that truth may be, and if we'll confess our sins and our secrets and our struggles, we can soak in God's unlimited grace together. And don't miss this. This is the last thing I want to say to you. And when we trust in Jesus, we can rest in the fact that our past does not get to dictate our future. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the courage that you allowed people to have in this room to to get it out, to write it down. And I know that's just a small step for many people that need to continue that conversation. And Lord, I know that one of the hard parts about this that we really haven't talked about this morning is having that safe person in our life that we can talk to. And so if nothing else, Lord, can I pray over this room and just provide the right person and the right people in the safe place for these people to be able to to get it out, to confess it, to begin the healing process in their life. And I know we've done that here this morning, but again, I know for many of there there needs to be another step. So Father, I'm thankful for again your the courage that you have extended to us this morning. Father, I pray that this is a moment for us as a church that helps us to step into a new year with a newfound freedom, with a fearlessness, and with a new hope. God, thank you. We love you. Thanks for that promise of Romans 8.28, for using even our junk, for your good. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.